Mark chapter 5, verse 35. I promise I'll get there now. It says, in verse 35, While he yet spake, there came from the ruler of the synagogue's house a certain, a certain which said, Thy daughter is dead. Why troublest thou the master any further? As soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, he said unto the ruler of the synagogue, Be not afraid. Say, Be not afraid. Turn to your neighbor and say, Be not afraid. Turn to your neighbor that didn't say it and say, Be not afraid. Be not afraid, only believe. And he that suffereth no man to follow him, save Peter and James and John, the brother of James. And he cometh to the house of the ruler of the synagogue, and he seeth the tumult or the sorrow, the mourning, and that they wept and they wailed greatly. And Jesus was come in, excuse me, and said unto them, While make thee, make ye this ado, and weep. The damsel is not dead, but sleepeth. They laughed him to scorn, but when he had put them all out, he taketh the father and the mother of the damsel, and then them that were with him, and entereth in to the damsel, to where the damsel was lying. And he took the damsel by the hand and said unto her, Talitha kumai. Which is being interpreted, damsel, I say unto thee, arise. And straightway the damsel arose and walked. For she was the age of twelve. And they were astonished with great astonishment. And he charged them straightly that no man should know it. And commanded that something should be given her to eat. Let us pray tonight. God, we come before you. We thank you for your power. We thank you for your presence. And Lord, I ask for your help tonight to minister this word that you've given to me. And I hope that it ministers to people in this house the way it ministered to me in my time alone with you. Lord, we thank you for your word and its anointing. And we ask that it go forth. And that anointing that this word possess would destroy the yokes of bondage in this house. In Jesus' name. And the church says, Amen. Again, very familiar portion of Scripture. We know the backstory, but I'll give it to you briefly for the sake of time. Jesus, at the beginning of this chapter, He goes across the sea. He delivers the Demiac, the man from Gadara. We find that He comes right back across from the sea. And He goes into where the people are gathered. They're waiting for him. People are thronging him. We know that Jairus is this synagogue ruler that has come to Jesus in the midst of this crowd and this multitude saying, my daughter is near death. I need you to come. I need you to come quickly. And as Jesus is on his way, the woman with the issue of blood presses in and touches the hem of his garment and she is made whole. So there's this halting, there's this stop that's going on when we pick up in verse 35. But in verse 35, the, the Bible tells us that 
this ruler, a, a certain servant from this ruler's house came to him and said, you don't need to trouble Jesus any longer. Your daughter is gone. Your daughter is dead. But Jesus said, listen, be not afraid, only believe. He goes in and he only takes Peter, James, and John. And, and what I, I want you to notice here is he arrives at the house and the mourners are gathered. And, and verse 39, and it says, when he, would, he, when he was come in, he saith unto them, Why make ye this ado and, and weep? The damsel is not dead, but sleepeth. And as you read verse 39, and if you would go on and read verse 40, you'll find that Jesus walked into the room back out of the room and walked back into the room you say what what does that have to do with anything pastor correct me if I'm wrong but that tells me that the mourners were not in the room with the young girl he walked into her room and he said this girl sleeps and they all were like are you kidding me she's dead and he put them all out and then got the parents got his disciples that were with him Peter James and John and went back in to the room you say why is that important it's all about perspective this story is about perspective you have Jesus the disciples the mother and father that, that believe that God can do something and you have the mourners and the doubters that are sitting outside the room saying it's over. I know you've heard this preached many different ways, but I, I want you to catch this tonight. What happens if I could illustrate what Jesus did, if, 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 I, uh, if I could illustrate it in the best way, this is the young girl's room, this is a living space, if you will, and they're out here weeping, and they're out here crying, and they're out here wailing, and Jesus walks in, and he goes straight into her room, and he says, listen, I, I don't, I, he comes back out, and he said, I don't know what you're, you're crying about, because this girl is not dead but she is just sleeping she's just sleeping but they were out here crying and mourning as if she were dead but listen things sometimes will look dead if you never go into the room you say what does that mean it's about perspective it's about perspective. They're out here saying it's over. She's gone. It's too late. There's no bringing her back now. I don't know why Jesus is, any, is even here. And they're standing outside the room. But Jesus walks into the room and he says, Listen, I don't see a girl that is dead. I don't see a girl that, that, it's, that I could come out and tell you tonight that it's over. I don't see a generation that, that I, I can look at and say, They're over with it. I, I'm just calling the time. You can sign the death certificate. I'll, I'll sign it for you. I'll give you the time of death. No, Jesus said if you would just walk into the room, you would see something that you don't see outside of the room. Again, it's about perspective. And, and I relate that tonight to faith. How many people and how many times as we have, as believers have stood outside of the situation and said, God, it's over. I don't even 
even want to look at it. I don't even want to go there in my mind. It's impossible. It can't take place. It can't happen. But if you would just go a little further and step into the room where Jesus is, you'll find that he'll make impossible situations possible. He'll turn death into life. He'll turn a graveyard into a resurrection party. He will. He changes everything. So this is what I want to get to you tonight is are you in the room? Are you in the room? Are you in the place where God can do the miraculous in your life? Have you positioned yourself, young people, as you go back to school that you can live in a place where Jesus is so closely? It's, it's not where everybody else was. Jesus had to put everybody else out. He said, listen, if you don't want to walk in here, if you don't want to walk into the path I have for you, if you don't want to walk into the supernatural, you know, you, then, then you can't come in here. You can't go any further. But there was a mother, there was a father, there was some saints of God by the name of Peter, James and John that said, I'm willing to go a little further. I'm willing to dig in a little deeper. I want to see what God can do. I want to see Jesus if you can really raise the dead like you say you can. I want to see Jesus that you can still heal, that you can still deliver, that you still can save. But listen, Peter and James and John and the mother and father were the only ones that would say, I'm willing to go into the room. I'm willing to go into the room. A room is is defined as a space that can be occupied or where something can be done, especially viewed in terms of whether there is enough. A room is a place where something can be done. It's a place that's occupied. It's a place where you can see if there's enough room. And so often, we as believers, we, 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 we want to stand outside and, and we want to say, God, you know, I, I just don't see a way out of this. They said it's cancer. I don't see a way out of this. The enemy would have loved, and I'm sure did countless times, come to the Spears family through all this and say, you know what? You, you, you better just, just call it quits. You better just prepare yourself for the worst. You better just give up hope. But listen, there, there was a family and there was a church family that said we refuse to stay out here and say it's over. We want to go to where we can see the supernatural take place. We want to step into a realm we've never been in before. We want to go to a place where Jesus is, a place where it's just me and him, a place where he can turn the impossible into possible, where he can take the, the clay and begin to mold something out of nothing, where he can begin to form and, and make in me something I've never seen in myself before. He wants to take us to a place of deeper faith. He wants to take us to a place of deeper fellowship and relationship with Him. But it all comes on your decision. Are you willing to say, God, I want to see the supernatural. I'm willing to pay the price. I want to have great faith. I want to see you do the miraculous. I want to see you bring revival. I know know we've been having great services. I know that God's been moving. I know that God is... has been been just churning and and doing things in our hearts and in our lives. But it's because we as a body, a corporate body, a 
church that said, Jesus, I have to get in to where you are. I have to go a little further. I have to go into the room. My perspective out here is doom and gloom. This world is going to Hades in a handbasket. This world is going crazy. This world, it just seems like there's no way that God is in control. It just seems like that it's too far gone. That it'll never be anything ever again. That this nation is too far gone. That the church in this nation is too far gone. But there's a body of believers that say they say it's impossible. They're weeping. They're crying. They're saying it's all over. But Jesus, I know if I can get to where you're at, if I can just come into a place of fellowship with you, you can make dead things come alive. Are you in the room? Are you in the room? Are you in a place where faith, where faith can operate? Are you in a place where something can be done? Are you in a place spiritually where you can see and and see that God is not only enough, but he's more than enough? The Bible tells us, verse 40, our main text here tonight, they laughed him to scorn. I saw today on the news, it came across real quick. They leave the news on where I work and quite annoying actually but I caught this, this this Christian gentleman he's a business owner he's actually a millionaire he's built a very successful business and he gives to missions he gives to all kinds of charities uh, he, he's just a very a very good man very 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 good integrity and he was on this news show and they were grilling him because he, he says, I have a platform. God has given me a platform to share Jesus, his son, to the world. I, I thank God for that. And, and I know that God's speaking. God's using. And he's saying this. And they're grilling him. Grilling him. Mocking him. Laughing at him. We live in a nation where, where the, the, the vice president, there was, a, there was someone that turned on, on the Trump campaign and they came out and they said, listen, Donald, uh, that, that Mike Pence, uh, he's so crazy that he believes he can talk to God and he believes that God can talk back to him. And they're laughing. And this, this world and, and the enemy himself has set back and said, the church is over. That this generation will never prosper. That this generation will never see revival. They'll just hear about revival. That they'll never experience an awakening in their lives. They'll just hear about it. That they'll never see miracles, signs, and wonders. They'll just hear Mamaw and Papaw talk about it. This world would love to keep the church from going any further. The enemy would love to put up walls and, and try to hide and disguise what's on the other side. What the enemy is trying to do when he begins to buffet and he begins to come against you. I've said it before in this house and I'll say it again. His attack is validation of the call and the anointing of God on your life. The attack of the enemy tells me that hell already knows who you are, knows what you're capable of, knows you have some dap that we talked about last week where you have some dominion you have some authority you have some power and the enemy would love to say oh well you got this going on and you got that going on and, and you'll 
never make it. The church in America will never see revival. They'll never see miracles. The enemy would love to say to tell Sister Dawn, oh, guess what? You're going to deal with this pain for the rest of your life. But there was a church. There was a person. There was a people. There was a remnant. There was a small group that said, God, I don't want to live here. I don't want to be in the weeping, the gnashing, the wailing. I don't want to live in sackcloth and ashes. I don't want to watch the demise of the church, but I want to go a little further and watch the church arise. I want to watch the church come up with power flowing through its veins. I want to watch the church become the true body of Christ. But are we in the room? I believe in the last few weeks that this church has made steps and last few months has made major steps to say we cannot do things as usual. Not that they were bad, not that they hurt anybody, but we've decided these young people, I don't know if you've seen in their lives, they've decided this is not what I want to live in. There's more for me. There's something more for me. I want to go into the room. I want to be where Jesus is. But you see here in verse 40 again, after they've laughed him to scorn, he said, okay. He did. And I've, I've, I've talked about this. Pastors talked about this. You've heard this preached different ways. But this is what we have to learn to do. And we live in the age of social media. You have no privacy. You have none. It almost seems that way. You have none. Everybody knows your business. Because you're telling everybody your business on Facebook. I'm not saying that those platforms can't be used and, and, and encourage people. That's not what I'm saying. But we live in a culture like the mourners that will say, okay, there's no way that you can believe, think, or trust that. And this is what we have to learn to do. Exactly what Jesus did. He said, okay, I'm going to put you out. I'm going to put you out. Listen, young people, I, I, I've told you, I've preached to you, the biggest, the biggest thing the enemy wants to do to this generation is to allow them and to, to make and manipulate their hearts and minds into thinking they need to be someone other than who they are. We see the post, oh, I want to look like that. I want to dress like her. I want to be like him. I want to do what they're doing. And I want to do what they're doing. And I want to do what they, th this group is doing. You have to learn to put the noise out. So Jesus, he puts the noise out. And it, it says all out. It means there wasn't nobody left. Except those that were willing to go further. And he taketh the father and the mother of the damsel. And them that were with him. And he entereth in where the damsel was lying. He entereth in to where the damsel was lying. When you break down that Greek word to enter in. It's one Greek word. And I would really love to pronounce it to you. But it's almost humanly impossible to pronounce the word to you. But it simply means to come into or to go into. But this word is a compound Greek word. It's made up of two Greek words. 
One is, is the, the, at the beginning of this word, it's, it's just ice, is how they would pronounce it. Ice, uh, which just means into. But the second half of this word is unlike any entered in the Bible. It's not used very often. And this word means to journey, to remove, or to walk. This, it, 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 when you trace it even back further, this word has another root word that says it, it, it can mean test or trial or an experience. You say, okay, what, where are you going with all these words? Just to simplify this, when, Jesus said, when, when the Bible says that Jesus entered in, what he was saying is to enter in to the room, to be where Jesus is, to go further in your walk with the Lord, it's going to take a journey. It's going to take a walk. It's going to take removing some things. It's going to take, uh, it's going to take test. It's going to take trial. That's what that word enter in, in this word, in this scripture, what that literally means is it says, it's saying that to take a journey, to walk with him, to remove things out of your life. It can mean the test or a trial that you're going to have to face some things if you want to go further. If you want to walk in and go into the room where Jesus is. But I don't know about you. When I hear that this word can also mean experience, there's something in this room that I want to experience. That it's worth all the test and all the trial. It's worth the journey and the walking with Him. It's worth all the pain that I may feel in my body and in my spirit, the anguish that I may feel. Because that word, at the end there, at the very end, when you trace it all the way back to its root word, it says that there's an experience. To enter in means that there's an experience that God wants to bring forth in the room. Church, I want to be found in the room. I want to be found where Jesus is. I want to be found where the miraculous can happen. There are those in the church today... There are those that when the Spirit of God begins to move, they shy away from it, they are apprehensive about it, or they're condescending all about the emotion that may happen when the Spirit of God begins to move. But the reason that is, is because of their perspective. You'll never know what it looks like. You'll never know what the water feels like until you step in. For yourself, it's all about perspective. They're like the mourners in our main text. They're not in the room. They're just busy pronouncing death. And they don't even realize that there's still life. They're so busy looking at all the negative that they don't even realize all the positive that's going on in the room. All the potential that's bottled up in the room or the experience that can happen in the room. I want to tell you tonight that there's a place that God wants to take us to even greater than we've, we, we've reached here. I thank God for the miracles of baby Lucy. I thank God for the miracle in Don's life. I thank God for him baptizing Emma and Marie with his Holy Spirit. I thank God for it. But there's something in me that just believes that I'm just in the doorway 
And if I will but step in to what God has, I'll see dead things come to life. I'll see what the enemy and what even myself I've considered lost, forgotten, unreachable. The dreams that God's placed, the promises that God's placed on my life, the things that I I struggled with for years and years. God, is it ever going to happen? Is it ever going to happen? Am I ever going to see them saved? Am I ever going to see revival? Am I ever going to be used of you in that way? Am I ever going to do this or am I ever going to do that? If you will just keep walking in, you'll find that he'll resurrect things in your life that you didn't even know were dormant and and that laid flat and that seemed dead. He'll bring things up that everyone else said was impossible. He'll bring things to life that everyone says was too far gone. But we have to get into the room. How do we get into the room, preacher? How do we get into the room? How do I walk into the presence of Jesus? How do I survive the the tests? How do I experience the supernatural? How do I change my perspective? How do I see the power of God on display? Jesus already gave you the answer. Jesus gives the answer. Mark chapter 5 and verse 36 That when Jesus heard them, heard what the servant said to Jairus, he saith unto the ruler of the synagogue, Be not afraid, only believe. If you want to go further in your walk with the Lord, believe that there's more for you. Believe that this is not the plateau and it's, oh man, I got the Holy Ghost and, and that's great and that's awesome. Listen, honey, there's more. There's more. Smith Wigglesworth always said, there, there, you'll never be satisfied in God. You need to be satisfied with the fact that you'll never be satisfied. There is so much more to God than we could ever imagine. How, how do we get there? Only believe. Don't be afraid of what the enemy and the mourners may say. Don't be afraid of what your peers may say. Don't be afraid of what your colleagues may say. Don't be afraid of what your parents may say. Don't be afraid of what your brothers and sisters that are lost may say. You have lost your mind. I I don't know what you're doing. I don't know why you're going there. I don't know why you're praying that way. I don't know why you're fasting like that, young people. I mean, you got a sport to play. you got activities to do. Why are you pushing back the play? Why are you seeking after the face of God? Because there's an experience waiting on the other side. There's there's something that God wants to bring forth that everyone else thought was lost. There's revival in here. There's expectation in here. There's something, there's an anointing that I've never known it's in here. Jesus is in here. Fellowship with him is in here. I I have to get into the room. I have to be where he's at. He, He may push all others out. And listen, Elijah told Elisha, he said, man, you need to stay here. I'm going on a little further. You need to stay here. I'm going up a little higher. You need to stay here. I'm going on to the next city. Elisha said, I'm not leaving you. I I beg of you. I'm going with you. I'm going with you to the end. And, And Elijah finally says, what do you want? He says, I want double. I want more of what you have. I want to go to a place even further than you've brought me. He said, I will not let go until I receive what God has promised to me. Jacob said, I'm not going to let go, angel, until you bless me, until you give me what what God has given. What he was saying is, I'm not going to stop until you put me into a room where I can fellowship with you, where I can be anointed 
to walk through the threshold. I want to see dead raised. And I'm not just talking the spiritually dead. I believe that we can see the literal dead raised from the dead. I believe that God can still move. I still believe that blind eyes can be open. I still believe that these young people can lay hands on the sick and see them recover. I believe they can lay hands on broken bones above their fellow athletes and say in the name of Jesus be healed. Bone come together. Cartilage heal. Muscle tissue form. And it will happen. I believe that there's a generation that's going to awaken to the fact that there's even more. There's more. How do I get there? Only believe. Only have faith. What is faith, young people? Believing that it's already done. Believing and trusting that God is who he says he is. As Brother Austin exhorted on Sunday morning, it's believing that when you say it, that heaven backs you up. It's being persuaded of the fact that when you lay hands on the sick, of rec- that they will recover because the Bible says so. It takes only belief. It takes faith. The Bible tells us in Hebrews 11, chapter 6, that but without faith, it is impossible. Excuse me. Wow. It is impossible to please him. It is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is. And that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Listen. What does it mean to be in the room? Not only to believe but to have faith. And to believe that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. What's the room? It is a place that you're seeking. It is a place that, that you go beyond just the normal. That you just go beyond where, 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 where everyone else says you should stop. The Bible goes on. When, when Jesus, when that word says entereth in, it's a, it's a journey. Not just a physical journey, but it's a spiritual journey. But Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 1 says, Wherefore, seeing that we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so doth easily beset us. And let us run this race with patience that is set before us in looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. It's a journey. That word there, remember that word enter in, it can mean to remove. There's places that faith wants to take you that your flesh don't want to go. There's people and there's things that God wants to use you to do, young people, that your flesh will resist and say, there's no way. But if you will lay aside every weight... And every sin, you'll know him to be the author and the finisher of your faith. The Bible says here, as Jesus entereth in, that word can mean to walk. The Bible tells us in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 7, we walk by faith, not by sight. Only believe is what Jesus told Jarius. Only believe. Faith is the key. Faith is how you get into the room. 
The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 1 that now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Faith is how you get through the test. Faith is how you get through the battles. Faith grants us access. Faith knows how to let go. Faith knows when to hold on. Faith knows how to make room for the miraculous to happen. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. You want to know how we see the miraculous, how we get into the room? It's by faith. Only believe. Regardless of the fight, regardless of the struggles and the doubt, only believe. Only believe. The Bible tells us Jesus hung on the cross in Matthew chapter 27. That the veil was rent in twain from top to the bottom. The presence of God was held in a room temple it was held in a sacred place it was held in a room with veils up and when he said it was finished it was, it was torn in half from top to the bottom why we've already quoted without faith it's impossible to please God Faith is how we come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ through faith. By grace through faith. You say, what, 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 what does that mean? By, 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 by grace through faith. When he tore that veil, he granted you access to the holies of holies to the very throne room of God Hebrews tells us in chapter 4 and verse 16 let us therefore come boldly boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need church we have to get to the room. They'll come to the music. We have to get to the room. We have to get to the place where the miraculous can take place, where, where, where things can be birthed in our, our hearts and in our lives. But see, I know I, I put up a physical representation for you tonight. Something that you can see, something you can touch. Something that's real. The Bible tells us in Acts chapter 2, the day of Pentecost, there was 120 people in an upper room. 
they were in an upper room. Garrett, they, they were in the place waiting. They'd, you know, Peter, James, and John were up there. I wonder if they were having flashbacks. I remember when we went into the room and everybody said it was too late and he just picked her up. They're sitting in that upper room. They're waiting. The veil's been torn. Jesus has ascended into heaven. He says, listen, I'm sending my comforter, my spirit. 500 Saul. But just like the mourners, just like the father, the mother, Peter, James, and John, not everybody could go in. 500 saw Jesus ascend. 120 said, we're going to make it to the room. Pastor, when the Spirit of God breathed upon them, there was a sound as if a rushing mighty wind and it filled the house. The house is full of rooms. Filled the room where they were sitting. There appeared unto them cloven tongues as a fire. They began to speak with tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. That's where everything changed. Jason, that's where everything changed. The day of Pentecost is where everything changed because they came out of an upper room. And when it had been noised abroad in the streets, the room was no longer a physical place. But due to the Spirit falling on the day of Pentecost, you became the room. You became the dwelling place. You became the temple of an almighty God. The room, again, I know this is a physical structure. It's it's not very sturdy. It's beat up a little bit. This tent's probably seen better days. Doesn't help that we poked holes in it. But this is a physical structure. But young people, you want to know where the room is? The room can be anywhere you are. If you press in to him. The Bible tells us. This is what what the Bible tells us. And Jesus said, "If, if that two of you shall agree on earth touching anything that they ask, that they shall ask, it'll be done. He's saying, the room will come to you. The miraculous will come to you. And that where he goes on to say in the next verse that where two or three are gathered, I will be in the midst of them. You want to know where the supernatural can take place? Where you are. You want to know where breakthrough can happen in someone's life, including your own, right where you are. Young people, you say, I want revival. I believe you desire revival. I believe, I believe you want something more. I truly believe that. And I'm not just saying that because I'm your youth. But I can see it in your worship. I can see it in your sacrifice. I, I can see it in your hunger. I can see it in your thirst for the things of God. Let me tell you, the room is not a physical place. It's you. The supernatural will come to you.
Because the day of Pentecost changed everything. He goes on to, Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and 19, he says, What? Know ye not that you are the temple, you are the room of the Holy Spirit. Stand with me if you will. goes on to say in 1 Corinthians 6, 6 and verse 20 for you are bought with a price therefore glorify God in your body glorify God in your body and in your spirit which are God's glorify what is glory has anyone ever asked yourself what is glory What does glory look like? What does glory feel like? Glory in Webster's Dictionary can be described as great beauty or splendor. Or something marked by beauty. Beauty is something, Terry, that is seen. To be marked with beauty means to be seen beauty is something that we behold with our eyes so what that tells me is that the glory of God is the manifestation of his presence it's the manifestation of his presence Colossians chapter 1 verse 27 says to whom God would make known What is the riches of his glory, of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you? Christ in you, the hope of glory. What that verse is saying is that Christ in you is the hope of his manifestation to the world. Christ expects his church to make room in their lives. So that they can become the room, the place where His glory will dwell. That you would be as those on the day of Pentecost. As they came out of the room, there was a manifestation of His glory. Step into the room. Step into the glory of God. This church has tasted in the last few weeks of the miraculous. Sister Cindy, they they weren't giving you much hope. Were they? I remember Brother Warren came to work one day and we was talking back in the back as he was looking at something He more or less said, it's nothing but bad news. Bad day after bad day after bad day. They've messed this up. This has happened. That's going on. But you want to know what brought Sister Lucy, little Lucy home? That beautiful little girl. It's because here on a Wednesday night... 
church was called a couple times. Kirsten and Emma called the church a couple times to prayer. Who was here last Wednesday? Raise your hand. Can, I can still hear the sound. You say, what do you mean? I can still hear the sound of you, the saints of God, crying out. Not even, not even knowing, not, you've never even met this little girl. The, the mother and father don't even come to this church and that's okay. But our family was hurting. Something was going on that was wrecking the world that we knew. And you, as believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, Christ in you, there was the hope of glory, the hope of a manifestation, the hope that something good was going to happen. And you lifted your hands and you cried aloud. You spared not. And you, 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 you entered into that, that throne room boldly through mercy and through grace. And you said, Jesus, we want to be in the room. We want to be in the realm. Will you raise this little girl up where it won't just be the natural, where it won't just be the doom and gloom, but God, some way, somehow, we know she's all right. And what we did as a body of believers is we didn't stop at the door. But we stepped in. We stepped in. You can say, Pastor Jade, I can't see you really well in there. That's all right. The world don't understand. They can't see what's going on in your heart and in your life. But when the glory of God and, and when you're in the room and things begin to happen and things begin to turn in your life, they'll see the manifestation of His glory. This world this world and I, I'm done with this has simply said this generation you guys struggle so much in your mind there's just all kinds of attacks am I right? Attacks on how you look, how you act, how you think. Christian life's no life at all. You're a public school teacher. You're supposed to teach the garbage that everybody else teaches, right? You're supposed to listen to the same songs that everybody else listens to on the football team, right? You're supposed to get mad and cuss just like everybody else, right? No. Because that's the mourners. When they're saying, hey, you need to be more like us, what they're saying is you need to become dead to the Spirit of God. And the generation that the enemy thought and had convinced the world that he had killed is the same generation 
that Jesus walked in because they couldn't see what he saw because he, he went in. He went in. He, he knows the deepest part of you. Young people, and he said, no. Garrett, what they say about you, it's a lie. What the enemy tells you, it's a lie. They say, you'll never be this. You'll never do this. You'll never amount to that. You're struggling. You'll, you'll never overcome this. You'll never beat this. It's a lie. What Jesus said is what the devil meant for evil. I'm turning it for good. Arise. Walk. Walk in it. Walk in it. Eat of it. He said, fetch her some food. You're going to receive strength from the word of God that you've never known before. But you got to keep in every service, every day. You have to walk through that door. You have to walk through that door. Say, God, I'm living in this room. I'm living in this temple. You're living in this heart. You're living in this life. Whether I'm throwing my pom-poms on a Friday night or whether I'm raising my hands to worship on a Sunday, God, I'm going to bring glory to your name. Whether I'm tackling someone on a Friday night or whether I'm catching them that are slain in the Spirit on a Sunday morning, God, I just want to live in the room where you are. Lord, I want to be in the supernatural. I'm okay to be on the football field and say, God, Son, God has a plan for your life. There's an anointing and a call on your life. I want you to be able to do the unthinkable, to do the impossible. I want you to reach for the things you think are unachievable. Why? Because there's a power. There's something waiting on the inside of you. And Jesus is reaching down and he's saying, come, come. There's life here. But we have to walk through the door. Every day, Terry, we have to walk through the door. Young people, I want you to come. You know, I, I, I just love to pray for you. Week in and week out, you say, we pray for the young people all the time. Walk a mile in their shoes. Walk up and down the hallways that they have to walk around. The atmosphere that they have to listen to. The garbage that's played. and The garbage that's said in their life. Hey, I've only been out of school nine years. Totally different, Debbie. It's totally different than what I went through. I, I remember that when I was a kid, you didn't come out of the closet. If you were thinking that way, you didn't come out of the closet until you, you cleaned it. You didn't do that. And it's all over. So young people, I want you to come. I want you to line up here. Line up front here. You're going to make a commitment. I'm calling you out. I like to do that. Right, Elijah? I like to do that. I like to make you a little uncomfortable sometimes, right? You say, what, what do you mean uncomfortable? I just like to put them on the spot. Marie didn't know she was praying tonight. But she found out. Why, why do you do that? Why do we pray for them week in and week out? Because I see life here. 
You want revival? It's in these hearts. It's in you. You say, oh, it's just me. No, it's in you. But you're going to make a commitment in front of your parents, in front of your church, in front of your pastor. I want you to repeat after me. I know it's going to be like, what are we? We in Sister Debbie's class? No. It's elementary, I know. I want you to repeat after me. Say, I. Say, I. Let them hear you. Don't be bashful. I. Say, I will walk. Say, I will walk into that room every day that I live. Every day before I go to school, I'm going to walk into that room. Every day before I go to work, I'm going to walk into that room. Every day before I get up and worship on a Sunday morning, I'm going to walk into that room. Every day of my life, I'm going to walk into that room. You say, wow, that was really corny. I don't care. Because that's what I pray every day over your life. God, let them experience your Holy Spirit in a way they've never, that they didn't experience you yesterday. I see a turning in hearts. There's young, there's young people up here, you can't see them, but they're crying and they don't even really know why. But it's because God's pulling. It's going to be all right. Garrett, it's going to be all right. You're going to make it. You're going to overcome. You're going to be stronger than you were before. Cameron, it's hard. You're balancing all kinds of things. But you're going to make it. You're going to be a godly voice in a school full of wickedness. You say, Pastor Jade, you're taking way too much time. I don't care. You're going to make it. The depression that tries to come again and again, it's already been defeated. You're going to make it, Lexi. You feel torn apart at times, but you're going to make it. Because there's life here. So young people, if you walk through that door, as you told me you would every day, that tells me that this, this group right here, they're going to be the ones that lead us into revival. I'll be honest with you. There's times that maybe I, we're, we're, we're up there singing and we're up there worshiping. I'm like, God, let's, come on. Let, let's press in. Let's press in. And I'll see Elijah come out of nowhere and raise his hands. You say, what's so powerful about that? So he's saying, I don't care if anyone else feels it. I know who my God is. 
I know my Redeemer lives. This is a product of you right here. Right here. It's a product of you. The anointing on their lives is a product of you. So as they go through the door, parents, I ask that you go before them and say, I'll lead you every day. I'll pray before. I'll get a hold of God before you ever leave my house. That's revival. It's because they'll never be the same. They'll never be the same. It's what I want. Young people, I want you to grab the hand of the young person next to you. Elders, stretch your hands this way. We're going to cry loud. We're going to spare not the same tenacity that you prayed for that little girl. That same passion that you used last Wednesday when you bombarded heaven to see the miraculous happen in a little girl's life. I want you to pray for your own son and daughter that way. God, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, by your Holy Spirit, this is a generation that's going to walk in the anointing and the power that we've heard about. God, that this is a generation that's going to not only hear about revival, but they'll see, they'll experience, they'll taste of it. Lord, that the, that landed in Logan back there in the sound booth as they used their talents for you, that your anointing, that your power would fall upon them. And Lord, that they would fall in love with your kingdom, that they would fall in love with the things of you. Lord, even as these young men, as Gavin and Isaac pray, oh, as Ava's over there, as, the, as Abby's back there, even at the young age, Lord, let your Holy Spirit come into their life. Let them sing your praise. Let them pray and seek your face. Let them fall in love with your word. Let them pursue you. Let them go into the holies of holies every day. God, let this generation walk in the supernatural. Let them see healings. Let them partake and see that you are truly who you say you are. Lord, let this generation walk with such authority that it would destroy the yoke of bondage, not only on their life, but on the person that sits next to them in school's life. Lord, that you would radiate through them, that in them is the hope of glory. This is the chosen generation. This is the peculiar people. They will overcome. They will overcome. You will overcome. You're stronger than the distraction. You're stronger than the fear. It's not by your might. It's not by your power, but it's by God's spirit. Holy God, Holy Spirit, move in their lives. Young people, I want you to rejoice. 
I want you to clap your hands. I want you to raise your voice. I want you to act like it's a Friday night and you're just in love with Jesus. Oh God, oh God, let there be joy. Let there be peace. Let there be comfort. We bind complacency in the name of Jesus. We bind it. You're not going to sit and say, oh, I've made it. No, there's another room. There's a deeper walk. You're going to see it. You're going to experience it. You're leaders. You hear me say all the time, when no one else worships, you worship. When no one else wants to pray, you pray. When no one else wants to lead, you lead. That's who you are. That's who he is. Is he your father? If he's your father, that means that his DNA is on the inside of you. You can be seated. God, we thank you for your spirit and for your presence. We thank you, God, that even when all us and all others will go ahead and pound the gavel and cast judgment and say, it's over, that you see what is unseen and that you say, I have the last say. God, this church has tasted and seen what the room has to offer. And God, we're going to be a church that's going to continually be found in your presence. We're going to be continually found in the room. No matter if we're weak, no matter if we're tired. Lord, I believe that there was people in this house and, and Lord, I'll be frank, I'm tired. Physically, I'm tired. I'm wore out. But Lord, even on Wednesday night when I'm tired, that your spirit can still move. If I just lift up your name. I'm thankful for my, my church family. I'm thankful for the community, the fellowship that we have with one another. Lord, I thank you for these young people. Me and Sierra, thank you. For these young adults, these young people, we have the honor to minister to. God, I thank you. There was two promises you gave to me when I left Ohio and me and Sierra decided to live, to live here in Connorsville. There was two promises you gave me. I've seen the first one come to pass. And Lord, in the last few weeks, as I look back, the second promise you gave me is being fulfilled right in front of my eyes.
that there's awakening in their hearts. And I thank you, God, that they're hungry. Lord, that they did it. That they're doing it. And I bless them. I rebuke the enemy off their life. And we thank you and we love you as a church, Jesus. And we honor you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Greetings, everyone. Pastor Ron, just coming on to say thank you for joining us today. I do pray that we was a blessing to you. And I invite you to continue to follow us on Facebook, Instagram. I invite you to subscribe to our YouTube channel. Uh, please do that. Uh, we would be appreciative of that. But just thank you for joining us today. I do pray that the blessings of the Lord would be upon you and yours. God bless you.